بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا الیونتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی ٹو الحمد And the last thing I mentioned was the famous report in Sayyih Muslim in which the Prophet said, I am nearer to every believer than his own self. So consider what happened to our beloved Messenger on the fateful day of Uhud. Imam Zuhri he said, the Holy Prophet's face was struck with a sword 70 times on that day. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected him from the evil of everyone. Subhanallah. This is in Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, Imam Nawi in his Sharh, Sayyih Muslim, number 4076. So, famously we know that the Prophet was injured in the battle of Uhud. But Imam Zuhri said he was actually struck on his blessed face 70 times with a sword. Allah Ta'ala protected him from injury. Imam Nawawi, he commented here in Sharh Sayyih Muslim number 4076, this is a strong Mursal report by 70 times. Imam Zuhri Rahmatullah could be speaking literally or metaphorically to mean many times. So Imam Nawawi said this is a strong report and whether it's literal or metaphorical, Allah Ta'ala protected him from being martyred on that, on that day. Indeed, in Sayyid Muslim, it mentions that he, sallallahu had thereupon supplicated for the forgiveness of his people by saying, they do not know what they are doing. So, why have I mentioned this here? This is his overwhelming compassion. They were going flat out to kill him, sallallahu And in return, he's praying for their forgiveness. So a person goes, explain that. And he goes, because he's more compassionate to you than your own self. So note here, Allah Ta'ala is highlighting this prophetic quality. A further proof that he is there, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for us both now and in the next life. In Sayyid Bukhari, number 1279, Sayyid Muslim, number 2296, Sayyidina Uqba ibn Amr, radiyallahu, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa went out one day and performed the funeral prayer over those slain at Uhud. After offering the funeral prayer, he went to the pulpit sallallahu alayhi wa and said, Inni faratukum wa ana shaheedan alikum. Verily I sallallahu alayhi wa am a harbinger for you and a witness over you. So this is the relevant part of the report. So, What's interesting, the Prophet ﷺ, many years after they were buried, the blessed martyrs, he offered the funeral prayer for them. So this is a distinction for the martyrs of Uhud. Then he said on the pulpit, Inni faratukum, verily I am a harbinger for you. Then he said, Wa ana shaheedan alikum, and I am a witness of you. So he has two things to us. I am a harbinger for you, and I am a witness for you. What does that mean? <coughs> Our beloved Messenger is a harbinger for this Ummah. 
meaning he goes before them in order to look after their best interest and prepare what they need. So he's gone before the Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to prepare the way for us. He's helping us before we go there. He Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also witnesses their actions. And thus it is as if he remains amongst them and has not gone ahead. Here we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gathered within his beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa two qualities that cannot be conjoined with anyone besides him. Namely, he takes care of their needs in both abodes during his life on the earth and after his passing. Subhanallah. So note these are famous reports. People say, you know, this, these qualities that you mentioned about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa where is it mentioned? Bukhari Muslim, brother. <laughs> you know, it's not even a lesser collection, but people don't study the commentary of these famous collections. Inni faratukum, I am a harbinger for you. I'm preparing the way. Wa ana shahidun alaykum, and I am a witness over you. What does that mean? He's witnessing now. Allah Taala is showing him, and he's making du'a if we're going astray for our guidance. Indeed, he sallallahu alaihi wasallam informed us again in Bukhari and Muslim. That mankind would travel from one prophet to another for intercession until they finally arrive before his blessed self. Very famous hadith. He will go to Adam, he will say, Go to another prophet, go to Nuh, go to Ibrahim, go to Musa, etc., etc. Finally, go to the prophet. Famous hadith. But why did the prophet mention that? Imam al Sha'arani, Rahmatullah, in his work, Al Yaqaqit. He said, Shaykh Muhyi ad-Din Rahmatullah said, The Prophet wanted to inform us of his status on the day of judgment so that we remain patient in our place, relaxed until his turn comes and he will say, I will do it. Thus everyone who this famous nation reaches Narration reaches, it is that you must not forget. Otherwise, you will undoubtedly experience fatigue, will run from prophet to prophet, as opposed to those whom this narration reaches and it stays with them until their day of judgment. Thus, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessing and peace be upon him. How immense his compassion for the Ummah. So now again, famous narration. So you ask the person who narrates this famous narration, so what was the Prophet telling us that for? Then the guy gives you that confused look, he goes, he's telling you, you go to a Prophet, then he will go, tell you to go to another Prophet. So then you ask that person, so he's telling us to go to the Prophets. Mm. And he goes, yes, no he isn't. <laughs> he's telling you, come straight to me. <laughs> Why? Because he doesn't want a hardship for you. <laughs> But how many people have mentioned the commentary of that report? They mentioned the hadith, you know, quite frequently. Intercession, intercession. Then you go, brother, so where are you going to go on day judgment? I'm first going to go to Adam, mashallah. Then what are you going to do? Then I'm going to go to Nuh. Then what are you going to do? Then I'm going to go to Ibrahim. Then what are you going to do? I'm going to go to Musa. Then what are you going to do? And then he goes, ask me the same question. Well, you going to, I'm going straight to the Prophet. Then a guy starts scratching his head. He goes, well, why did the, the Prophet telling you that? Why? Because he's preparing the way for you. But how many people have that understanding? So look at again his compassion for this. He doesn't want a hardship for this. Salman al-Farsi, he said, 
Jibreel descended upon the Prophet and said, Verily your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If I had taken Ibrahim والسلام, as my Khalil, then I have certainly taken you as my Habib, my beloved. Indeed, I have not created a creation nobler to me than you. Truly, I have created the world and his people so that I can make them recognize your nobility and your status with me. Were it not for you, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I would not have created the world. Subhanallah. This is recorded in Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq 801. And it has a weakness <coughs> due to Abu al-Sukain and Yahya al-Basri, whom some have stated are fatally weak. So now, is this a hadith from the Prophet No, it's from Salman al-Farsi, So going back to the Salaf, there's no problem. And if you look at the entire report, it's confirmed by other reports. So the meaning is true. But you have to mention the weakness. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? And he's talking to his beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ibrahim is my Khalil. But you are my Habib. Meaning you are closer. And then he says, I have not created any creation nobler than you. Meaning you are the best of creation. And then he says, I have created the world and the people that they recognize your nobility. Look at the status of the Prophet Allah said, I created the world and the people. The purpose is to recognize your status. If it wasn't for you, I would not have created the world. So what is being mentioned there is mentioning he's he is he is the Sayyid of the children of Adam. He is the, the master, the leader of the children of Adam. Indeed, on the glorious night of Isra, the holy prophets converse with each other. In Imam Ahmad and his Musnad, and Ibrahim statement in the report is in Hakim and Bazar on the authority of Abu Huraira. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, when the Prophet arrived at Bayt al and stood to pray, all the Prophets prayed with him. He then greeted the arwah, the souls of the Prophets, and each one after the prayers of Allah mentioned his own virtues. When it was the turn of the Prophet to deliver his sermon, he mentioned that he was rahmatul lil alameen, a mercy to every creation. And mab'uf ilal khalqi, he was sent to the whole creation. His ummah being the best and middle nation, and his being khatam al nabiyyin. Ibrahim thereupon addressed all the prophets and said, it is because of all these virtues that Muhammad is afdal. He is better than all of you. So now this narration is very interesting. So it starts off with the famous narrative about the prophets praying with the Prophet But then it says, he greeted the souls of the prophets. <coughs> so the ikhtilaf is, were the prophets there in their bodily form or were they there in the, with their souls? And as if they laugh, so there's no point discussing it. This indicates that the souls were there. He greeted the arwah, the souls of the prophets. And then the report says, after praising their Lord, every prophet mentioned his own virtue. So that was a direct command. So imagine Adam probably said, Allah created me with his own hand, mentioning their own virtues. 
he finally got to the Prophet and he only mentioned four things. He goes, I am Rahmatul Lil Alameen. I am the mercy to everything that exists. Now this is interesting. Alameen, they translate it as world, worlds. But people then start thinking of planets. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. All praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the world. So you ask a person, so what are you thinking of? Is Mars. So what does worlds mean here, right? Worlds means in English, like you said, this is the world of the ants. This is the world of the butterfly. This is the world of the humans. That is the meaning here. So he is a mercy to all of the creations, right? Yes, you can say worlds, but for God's sake, don't think planets. Right? So again, translation. And that's the first verse. Imagine any, the whole Quran's been translated, messed up with the translation. So he's rahmatul lil alameen. Think about that. He's a mercy to all the world of creation. So question to pose, how is he a mercy to the ants? So how is he a mercy to the trees? How is he a mercy to the stars? How is he a mercy to the angels? The Quran says, rahmatul lil alameen. Rabbul alameen is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said, I am Mab'uth ilal khalqi. I was sent to the whole creation. And I mentioned a few nights back that he sent the companions with the message to the emperors, the rulers of the world. No other prophet did that because they weren't sent to the whole world. Then he said, he praised his ummah. He goes, my ummah is the best and middle nation. Ummatul wasata, the Quran says. Verse 143 of Surah Baqarah. Then he said, I am khataman nabiyin. I am the seal of the prophets. When he said this, <coughs> Ibrahim wasalam, told to the prophets, he goes, because of these virtues, Muhammad wasalam, is afdal. He's been honored above all of you. So look how beautiful it was. It was a conversation. They didn't just pray there. Salaam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. They're off again. <laughs> they spent the night there. So what were they discussing? And they were discussing their own honor that Allah has given them. Those not only had these elite souls all offered a prayer together, but had also conversed for some time. So now if you look at Masjid al-Aqsa, it's a huge courtyard. And how many prophets? There's 124,000 prophets, according to authentic hadith in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, and it makes absolute sense. You probably can gather 124,000 people there if you look at the entire courtyard. So it was completely packed with the holy prophets, Another report. In Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, Sayyidina Anas radiyallahu he said, Allah the Almighty commanded Musa wasalam, to inform the Bani Israel, whoever meets me subhanahu wa ta'ala as a rejecter of Ahmad wasalam, I will put him into hell no matter who he is. So Musa wasalam, asked, he goes, oh my Lord, who is Ahmad? So stop in the report. Look how interesting. He doesn't know who Ahmad is. Allah says, anyone who rejects him, no matter what he is, he's going to hell. <coughs> so Allah the Almighty and Glorious, he said, O Musa, I swear by my honor and majesty, I have not created anything more respected to me than him. I wrote his name next to mine on the arsh 
two million years before creating the heavens, the earth, the sun and the moon. I swear by my honor and majesty that paradise is forbidden for all creation until I have entered Muhammad and his ummah into it. So Musa then humbly requested, O oh my Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, please make me a prophet of that nation. I as a helper to him, just like Harun is to me. Allah the Almighty responded, its prophet will be from it, meaning only him. Musa then pleaded, then allow me to be from his ummah. He was informed, you came before. He comes after. However, I subhanahu wa ta'ala will join you and him in Darul Jalal, the abode of majesty. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So Musa the most frequent prophet mentioned in the Quran, what an honor given to Musa He's mentioned the most in the Quran. More than any other prophet. And there's a reason for that. Why? Because you will follow them inch by inch. Bani Israel. So Allah is telling you a lot about their narrative. And here, look how interesting. He wants to know who Ahmad is. And the first, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if it wasn't for him, because he's the most honored creation. Two million years, imagine. Not two thousand. Two million years before the creation of the heavens and the earth, his name was written with Allah on the arsh. Then he said, he will enter paradise and his ummah, it is haram for all others. So the first request he makes is, allow me to be a prophet, to help him. Allah says, only him. Then look how humble Musa was. He goes, allow me to be from his ummah. And Allah says, you came before. He comes after, meaning no. But then he added, however, I will join you and him in Ayy Darul Jalal, the abode of majesty, meaning you will be in paradise. So now what's shocking? He was not, alayhi salatu wasalam, allowed to be in this room. And here we are, <laughs> t-shirt and jeans, right? Mashallah, it's ummatis. And we don't even know how, you know, you know, if somebody goes, he's won the jackpot. People understand that because they understand gambling, you know, and stuff for them because he's won the billion, billions on the euro billions, right? Good luck to him. Somebody goes, who's the spiritual billionaire? Now, which one of us would say, all of us? Then a guy looks at you like that and he goes, I'm not a billionaire. Because you are. And he doesn't know. He goes, you're the ummah of the Prophet. And he still doesn't understand. He goes, so what, what's special about that? He goes, you have been given something Musa wasn't given. Doesn't that make you special? He asked, he wasn't given. You didn't ask, you was given. Does that make you special? Why did he want to be an Ummati? That's interesting. Hasn't he got enough virtues and honor himself? Of course he has. But he wanted the Prophet to intercede, to be there for him. He wanted to be under his banner. And we've been given that. But how do you realize the value when you talk about it? Who's talking about the Prophet? People are talking about Mbaki and this, I don't know, all these footballers. You know, who's talking about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So note, but he praised him because you will be with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in paradise. SubhanAllah. Consider also the following unique honor given to our beloved messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In Abu Nu'im in his Sifatul Jannah number 83, 
Anas said, The God of paradise will stand up and say, I was ordered to not open the gate of paradise for anyone before you and I was also ordered not to stand for anyone after you. <laughs> so let's look at this. So the God of the gates of paradise, the Amir is Ridwan and look how interesting he doesn't stand up for anybody so he, he he praises the people congratulations well have you you know done enter the abode of peace we sit in when he sees the prophet first no the gate cannot open without him then he stands up and then he says i will not stand for anyone after you those Ridwan will only stand for our beloved Messenger upon his entry into glorious paradise, after which he would respectfully sit down once more. So think about that. If somebody goes, How will Ibrahim enter paradise? He goes, Well, he's entering paradise. And he goes, No, but anything about Ridwan, what's he going to be doing? He'll be sitting. He goes, What about Musa? He'll be sitting. Does he ever stand? Yes, for Rasulullah. And he goes, only for you. That Allah And you have to be the first to enter. So the only time he stands is for the Prophet. That Allah Subhanallah. And just to add this to finish. Imam Sharaf al-Din Musa al-Hajjawi al-Hambali, Rahmatullah, who died 960 AH, about 500 years ago, in his Al-Iqna, in the chapter on marriage, on the enumeration of those matters by which he has been distinguished khasais, his miracles he stated all of creation from Adam والسلام, to those after him were presented to him والسلام, just as Adam والسلام, was taught the names of everything so this is fascinating the Quran mentions Allah taught the names of everything to Adam and it's actually hadiths. The angels didn't know why he was on it. So Allah then started showing Adam things. He says, what's that? Because that's a crow. And the angels looked because how did he know that? Who taught him? And Ibn Abbas had even mentioned pots and pumps. Because that's a pot. That's a pun. And then they realized Allah had honored him. Here the sheikh says, all of creation. So what does that mean? Everything. From Adam to those after him, والسلام, were presented to Rasulullah. Just as Adam was taught the names of every being, he was honored above Adam. Shaykh al-Buhiti in his commentary, he elucidated, this is because of the hadith in Deir Lami, which mentions, the world was depicted to me in the form of water and clay. Alimdu al ashya kullaha, and I knew everything, just as Adam was taught all the names. <coughs> Moreover, his Salallahu ummah was presented to him in its entirety until he saw them, and that is because of the hadith in Tabarani. My ummah. Its first and last was presented to me yesterday in my chamber. They were portrayed to me in the form of water and clay until I knew one of them 
better than one of you knows his own companion. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So what did the Prophet say? The whole world was shown to me. And I knew everything. Because the words, Alimtu al ashya kullaha. I knew everything. Just as Adam knew the names. <laughs> then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in my chamber, Allah Ta'ala showed all of my ummatis, every one of them. And I know each of them better than one of you knows his companion. <laughs> so now question, why did Allah the Almighty and Glorious, the one wa Ta'ala, show every one of us to the Prophet and the response is because he is closer to us than ourselves how can he not know us better than ourselves secondly we're not just a number the hadith which people narrate and they don't they again fail to explain because the prophets will be proud of their numbers then they stop okay so what does that mean he's got 200 he's got 500 we're not just numbers. They are proud of the believers and they know them. So the Prophet said, I know every one of my ummatis. So when you actually meet him, it's not as if you're going to think, who are you? He's already seen you. Now think about that. Somebody goes, has the Prophet seen me? Yes. There was a moment in his blessed life where he saw you. But did he actually see me? Yes, clear water. Allah created you. Showed why does he want to see me? Because he wants to know you. Why? Because he is closer to us than our own selves. So note, whichever angle you talk about the Prophet he was Al-Mustafa, i.e. the chosen servant of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The peace and blessings of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him always and forever. Are there any questions? Subhanallah bihamdi ismanak Allahumma bihamdi ka ashtu lai nakhi illa anta astaghfirika atubu alayka wa tibillahi minash shaitanir rajeem subhanallah bihamdi ka rabbil izzati amma yasifun assalamu alayhi wa rahmatullahi wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin bismillahi rahmanir rahim wal asr al insan lafi khusr al ladina amunu wa amilu salihat wa rawasim al haq wa rawasim al sabr sadaqallahu alayhi wa sallam